Welcome to Let's Wrestle with Dan and Nico. This is Dan, and alongside here I got Nico. Say hi, Nico. What's up? Uh, man, we had a crazy weekend uh, of an AEW pay-per-view, and we got a War Games pay-per-view coming up this weekend. So, busy time for both companies. Uh, we're going to be going over some some news from this past week as well. We'll be discussing that, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited, man. Um, just not to get into it too much, but what a pay-per-view. Am I right? What a pay-per-view. You use the same words I did. Yes, sir. Um, but before we get into that, let's go ahead and uh, just start off this episode um, a little bit because we don't want to go too far into reviews and everything. So this coming weekend, this coming Thanksgiving weekend, um, tomorrow when this lands, uh, there's going to be the Survivor Series event for WWE. So just as a little conversation starter deal, um, let's go ahead and, and what would be our ideal picks? Top, you know, just our Survivor Series team, War Games team um, that you would like to have any era of, of wrestling, any company, which let's face it, we're probably going to pick mostly WWE or AW, <laughs> like for real. I ain't going to pick too many New Japan um, for wrestlers. So I, don't know, I don't know that many. But uh, let's get started, buddy. Should be fun. Oh, should be fun. Should be fun. Uh, so who would be your first pick? Well, um, I always like to pick a captain. Uh, some guy that's going to lead the team into victory. And I can't think of a better guy to lead a team uh, than John Cena. I feel like he'd be the perfect guy to lead the charge, to get everybody on the same page. Um, and he's had some Survivor Series moments um, and other big tag matches that weren't, um, you know, Survivor Series. But that's going to be my first pick, John Cena. John Cena, ooh. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to have to go for a team captain as well. And if I have to pick someone to go up against a John Cena, I'm going to pick Kurt Angle as my captain. Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist. Um, can't go wrong with that. I mean, he's a born leader. You know? Yeah. You just can't. Just can't. That's a great pick. That's a great pick. Um, right. So, you pick Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. I got John Cena. Yeah, which John they Cena. have some history there. Um... The second guy, I got to get a guy that Cena's gone to war with, you know, a right-hand man on this team, a guy that he's very familiar with, and he's also familiar with Cena, so they'll be able to communicate well. I got to go with Randy Orton, the Viper. Um, I think they would be a a great duo in that five-man. So, yeah, Randy Orton. And he... He's one of the top performers of Survivor Series history. He's been like Soul Survivor multiple times. Um, so, yeah, man. Ready order. All right. All right. All right. I want to pick someone who's going to be flashy. He's going to make the crowd get up off their feet with some crazy stuff. Um, not anybody from the newer generation. He still wrestles, though. I'm going to have to go with my boy, Shelton Benjamin, as my second pick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. As your second pick. As my second pick, buddy. I don't care. I don't care. Fight me about it. 
That's definitely not. our pre- pre- uh, preference, man. <laughs> it's definitely a preference. This is my preference. Okay. Um, Sean Benjamin. All right. So we got Sean Benjamin Kerrang on your side. Cena and Orton on our end. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to go. We need a powerhouse, right? We need a, a muscle in this match. And I have to go with a guy that my two people already are very familiar with as well. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar has to be in there. Taking everyone over 90 overall. I get it. I get it. Um, you got Brock Lesnar. That's respect for that. Uh, I'm going to have to go with my next pick. Dang, man. I've got to go with with Kane. I was already it was already in my mind. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Kane, man. Got to do it. Uh, my boy, he's got it. His political choices are a little questionable, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm going with Kane, man. Big red monster. He's my insurance policy. All right. So that's your muscle. Is that your muscle, or you got somebody else? Mm, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We're on three. We got two more. Okay. Uh, for my fourth pick, I think this is an easy one for me. Um, I need somebody that's going to make sure they go at every length to get it done uh, in case shit goes south. Um, I need an ultimate opportunist, if you will. I, I'm adding Edge to the squad, who is also familiar with Cena and with Orton. So, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're that type of dude to pick the best team in a video game. Of course, I want to win. Ah, all right, already. Uh, all right, all right. You pick Edge. You pick Edge. Um, all of mine are just preferences. Some of my favorite wrestlers. So, uh, I'll go the opposite of you, buddy. I'll pick Christian, Captain Charisma, Ooh. Captain Charisma era of Christian, to be exact. Okay, okay. I see you. Um. I should have known. I should have known. Um, all right. So with my last pick, um, I need somebody that's going to throw people off here. Um, I need somebody who may not get along, if you will, with others too well. But I feel like a guy like this, he's a winner. A winner. Uh, we got CM Punk on the squad. <laughs> To finish it up. And if he gets hurt, you know, we'll find a replacement. But you're definitely losing. Now your team's just gonna they're not gonna cooperate. He's gonna, gonna cause, a, cause a, a a ripple in the team. It's just it's not gonna work. Okay, okay. That's a nice team. That's a nice team. Uh I guess for my last and final pick, I have to I also have to go and open that forbidden door. Not too forbidden, to be honest. Uh, I've got to pick the Redeemer, Rusev, or no, no, Miro, Fuck. Miro, <laughs> I bet, the Redeemer, Miro, who's who's sorely missed in AEW. He is, what the fuck happened to him? Didn't he come, dude? I forgot I about him, like, yeah, that's what sucks, dude. I haven't forgot about him, it's just, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, that's crazy. And, it really is, man. He he came back. He had the feud with Alex Black. They won that feud, and then he's been gone. And I think I said the wrong name, Malachi Black. Um, threw him to a rotten faction. 
And then they just got rid of them. And they're coming back. They have their their things, their their vignettes that they're coming back. So, God, we'll have to see. We'll see. We'll have to see. I, I'm I'm okay with them coming back, honestly, because I do like Brody King. I like Buddy Murphy. I like Black. Um, I just hope that they are put in a better story. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anywho, so that's it, man. Five on five. So you have John Cena, Randy Orton. Brock Lesnar, Edge, and CM Punk. That's a recipe for disaster. That's all alphas, buddy. Yeah, well, somebody's no got to get it done. Their place. Yeah, well, everyone's going to want to be captain in that team. Just saying. You picked five captains. That's not going to work. And I have... Shit, I done forgot who I picked. Yeah. Kurt Angle, okay. Sheldon Benjamin, Kane, Christian... Uh, not Christian Cage... Captain Charisma, Christian, and Miro, the Redeemer. Everyone knows their roles. Know your role and shut your mouth! Do they? Do they really? Until they see Brock Lesnar staring at them from across the ring and they don't know what to do. Oh, they're they're all just going to do their finisher on them. Yeah, and they'll turn into a tornado tag. Exactly. And that's how they win. (laughs) Well... (laughs) Uh, yeah, I feel like all know, these guys are AW guys. There's just one Rusev. We all know who's gonna win this one, but um, that was a fun segment. Uh, we'll see what happens at War Games uh, this Sunday. We know that Kevin Owens. After last week, we said Kevin Owens was out, but look at that. Look, the rumors are wrong. Yes, dude, that was fucking crazy. Um, I don't know if that was an old report or maybe that was. No, no, they were. They were. Pre recent reports that I saw that he wasn't walking well, he wasn't doing good. That uh, I don't know what was going on. Maybe they were feeding false reports. I don't know, but I was very surprised by that. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited for War Games. I don't even know if it's on Saturday or Sunday, but um, should be good. Should be good. But now that that segment's over, let's go ahead and dig into the dirt with some news. We have Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay going at it for the U, um, for the NJPW United States Championship at Wrestle Kingdom 17, and I'm honestly surprised this match is happening. Um, it kind of I don't know if this is happening because of the reports about um, you know some issues happening between Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. Um, there's been a lot of reports saying that they are at odds against each other. That could definitely just be a work at this point. Um, That's my question. Is it a work? Because... Well, I mean, obviously it's a work if they're going to have a match. Well, it could be you know, like a work shoot. Where, yes, there were some real issues, but they're putting that shit aside so they can have an amazing match. Because honestly, these two guys in the ring together, it's going to be... It's going to be something awesome to see. Now, I don't know if you think that, because I know your God <laughs> isn't going to enjoy this match. Well, for damn sure. I, <clears throat> I'm going to watch it for sure. Uh, I like Will Ospreay. <laughs> I just, look, that style can be great to watch when not everybody's fucking doing it. So, special guys like Will Ospreay. Kenny Omega, right, like, could be doing 
that style and I'd be okay with it, but when it's everybody, bro, it's the same shit. So I will watch this match. Uh, I am a fan of like those old Nakamura, Kenny Omega matches or, you know, with styles included in there somewhere. So those matches were great, but I, I hope this match is good here. And I thought it was some personal beef, but uh, maybe not. Maybe a little bit half and half. I don't know. Yeah, it could be a work shoot, but then yeah. um, does do you feel like it also makes a statement that maybe Punk couldn't do the same thing with Kenny Omega in the Bucks uh, if he doesn't come back? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, maybe. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the reasons why Kenny Omega wants to do this. Then comes out later that you know they were able to work together even if there is some personal differences so um that's a good there's a lot of reports what you bring up yeah and if he were to do the job to will osprey which it's a big possibility i think he is yeah yeah he's an I, I, mean, I don't think he's you know he really is um so that's just you know something that crossed my mind it just seems so i don't know kind of out of nowhere I think I'll enjoy the match, honestly. I do too. I think it's gonna be amazing. So definitely gonna watch that. Um, when is that again? I think it's in January. I think it's January fourth, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Um, but moving on. So there's some uh, speaking of CM Punk. There's some fan outrage um, due to the Fight Forever AW um, cover art uh, has removed CM Punk. Um, now, of course, everyone knows backstage brawl, all that bullshit that happened um, in AEW. Um, this is definitely an outcome of that. Um, how do you feel about CM Punk being removed from the cover art? And do you think it even like it's going to affect the this game being purchased? Um, I think, I don't think it'll be a big difference in, you know, difference of purchases, but, um, but I think <clears throat> this just is another reason why most likely at this point, even though you probably already had that assumption is that this is not a work. So mm-hmm. like if, imagine if it is a work, unless it's like the biggest hidden fucking work of all time, um, orchestrated by Tony Khan. If you think about it, why are they going to go to the lengths of making a whole main change on their presentation of their first ever video mm-hmm. game? You know what I mean? So that's the way I look at it. But yeah, yeah, yeah it's uh, it it just kind of makes it seem like it's just more. It was real. Shit happened. People are gone now, or a person is gone now. I guess people, the steel guy. Um, it's gone also so yeah it's a shame it's a shame because it could have been a great 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 run I know it just um, tell me about it man I mean that's a whole subject in its own yeah well, not much to go on for that one now next thing in our news uh, reports we're hearing that Gunther was actually set to be buried and sent back to NXT um, by Vince McMahon um, so this is just again rumors and news not windows really but just rumors and you don't know that for sure um it's all hearsay at this point but i mean it's not 
it's it doesn't seem like it would be the impossible to think that Vince McMahon was gonna uh, shoot Gunther back into NXT. Honestly, I'm a little surprised though. Mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised just because Walter just seems like that old school big guy. You know, um, just I know that's why Triple H loves him. I'm sure. Yeah, man, I, I am a little surprised, but then again, it is Vince. Did it say like a specific match or promo that he did? It just said that he was like, that's what he was getting, like he was getting set up for. Like Vince just didn't see anything with him. Like he was brought to the main roster, but I mean, oh, he wasn't long. Vince wasn't in charge anymore, right? At Clash of the Castle when he had that fucking classic with Sheamus. Mm-mm. No, hell no. He was already gone. Way gone. Well, I hope that changes minor because that was fucking amazing. If you didn't already know how good Walter is, but um, yeah. I mean, he's had he's had great matches before that. But if you didn't know, like um, if you'd never, the casual fan that probably doesn't watch NXT or at least not NXT UK. Um, oh, we're just talking about the fans. Oh well, I'm just saying, like if you hadn't seen Walter or Gunter now. Until he got to the main roster, that match should have showed you, like, this guy's legit. And this is why they gave the Intercontinental title to him so soon coming to the main roster. But Yeah, well, also Triple H being in charge helps them a lot. And um, I'm digging that that they brought back Imperium with Gunther. Uh, everything looks to be going up with Gunther. Honestly, he could be someone maybe down the line that could be... If they don't already take the belt off him, but could be a, a, a great opponent for um, Roman Reigns in the Bloodline. I mean, they have their tag team. Bloodline kind of goes together. I, I definitely think they'll do that at some point. I know right now they're doing something with Braun, uh, it looks like. And the last thing I'll say about this is that Vince was still in charge when they put the Intercontinental title on him. So I thought for sure he was sold 100%. So... I uh, wonder what it was that just kind of, hey, you know what, get this guy off my TV, pal. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so moving on to the next and final um, little tidbit of news. Um, this is more just the, something that was stated um, on the Gentleman Villain podcast. William Regal um, said that Damien Sandow, this is a quote from him. I do believe Damien Sandow was, he was far better than his career ended up. Being. Damien Sandow was absolute magic and special in everything he, he was given. If anything, that's why I liked him so much. He was like me. Um, is he going to be a top guy like Seth Rollins, John Moxley, Roman Reigns? Maybe not. Is he going to be perfect player on your show? Do anything and make anything work? Yes. And I mean, just with that last uh, sentence alone, uh, do you uh, do anything and make anything work? It's an absolute. I mean... The Mizdow stuff was fucking awesome. Um, even before that, I mean, let's not forget they he was good enough at one point for them to actually put the money in the bank briefcase on him. Yeah, man, I at the beginning of his career, I didn't like yet because I was still like a kid or like at the beginning of his career. So I didn't really fully appreciate yet what he could be like as a talker, as a heel or whatever. <laughs> Um, I just do sometimes like, uh, this guy, you know, because he was a heel. Um, but Damien Sandow, just remember him being super over. Um, 
when he was doing that Miz stuff. And I mean, I don't know what happened with that Money in the Bank stuff that he failed. Uh, but wasn't he like he wasn't the first one to fail, was he? Mm, I think he might I have don't... been. I uh, know John Cena was. Oh yeah, John Cena was first. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I don't know what happened there. Uh, I did like the Cody Rhodes stuff too. He got super, you know, he when he fucking turned on Cody, winning that briefcase. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what happened, man. It's just the Vince thing, man. He just didn't see anything in him, even though he was fucking money and the fact that he was probably getting over on his own. Um, probably did a man. I mean, it's something that Arn Anderson speaks to a lot. Um, talking about how a lot of guys who um, get over on their own on stuff that is meant to bury them. Uh, Vince McMahon kind of hated, hated seeing He's that. He's kind of like one of those Daniel Bryan kind of breakthrough guys where you weren't supposed to make it, but you got yourself over somehow. Uh, Except Daniel Bryan was was the exception to that to the rule because normally Vince would just bury the shit out of him, but the crowd was so far behind him. Crowd was behind Damian Sandow, but yeah, it was great. The Mizdow stuff was fucking awesome, and when he was let go, I was just so confused. Then he went to Impact, and I mean, he did okay. He did good. Um, I think he's in the NWA right now as a manager. Um, still a great talker, just yeah wish his career did go better uh, i share the same sentiments as mr william regal who we'll be talking about later but that's the end of the news that's the end of the dirts let's go ahead and get into our main event um of this podcast aw full gear man this was a pay-per-view that was much needed by aw whether the fans like to believe it or not i feel like they started their pay-per-view pay-per-view started really going downhill after double or nothing, right? Yeah, man. I mean, I remember Revolution was good. I wouldn't say great, but it was good. Double or nothing was terrible, and All Out was like, eh, this is still kind of bad. So, and the Forbidden Door could have been way better. It wasn't as good as it should have been. Well, like, you, like you said when we were recording around that time, was that that one was more like. For the matches, like no story yeah. really, like just a wrestling exhibition fucking pay review. So true, 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 true. Um, but but damn, did they need this? And let's go ahead and start off with the first match. They have the steel cage match. Uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry going up against Luchasaurus. And man, what a match to start with! You know, I this was a match on my radar. I was excited to see it. It. I was excited to see it, to see where the story was going to go. Um, this was definitely a period mark on this feud so far. I feel like, of course, there's going to be more with Christian down the line, um, as that's that's still an open book. But, but goddamn, I think they did a really great job. Um, yes, it, it wasn't the cleanest deal. I feel like it got a little weird when they went outside. I don't really understand why they went outside. But... Regardless, there was a lot of cool uh, things that they did. Um, Jungle Boy, uh, Jack Perry, really did fight from underneath. Um, and he just seemed like a man possessed in that match. Um, the blood in the match was, I feel, necessary. 
Um, I had no issues with that. It's a cage match. You better well damn bleed in a cage match. Um, awesome match. What did you think? I was surprised. This match was pretty great, and it was a great way to start it. Uh, I kind of questioned. I thought they were going to start the night off with the Bucks and Omega and stuff um, mm-hmm. to get the crowd going, but this match did a good job of doing that. Uh, it was probably the biggest match in Jungle Boy's career, and mm-hmm. I remember thinking before when they were going out there, I was like, Jungle Boy has to have a big match tonight. Like, has to be like a moment, you know, make it seem like. He- progressing and luchasaurus looked real good too yes yes um i was it almost went downhill man i'm not gonna lie when they went to the outside i was like wait what's going on here and jim ross was even like normally that's not supposed to happen or whatever so Mm -hmm. um but i wasn't gonna let that shit on the match completely but uh it was a great match i'll say and it will keep going because excrement did leave that kind of question at the end of well will jungle boy be able to move on now you know with his career uh but we all know that last christian match is coming so great match great match great match and uh thumbs up all around now the next match which i was a little surprised this, this was the second match i thought it was gonna be a little bit later down the line or down the card, uh, we got the AEW World Trios Championship match, the Elite versus Death Triangle. And honestly, wasn't looking too forward to this match. It's a trios match. Um, now, Death Triangle came out, cool entrance. Um, Penta has been getting into some great shape. If you compare how he looked when he first started in AEW to now, it's, it's insane. He's in great shape. But we hear the Wayward song. The Elite return, standing ovation. Everyone was cheering them, um, probably because they were in their. They were. This was definitely the Elite country, for damn sure. There was even like Foxy and Punk chants going on in the fucking crowd. I honestly enjoyed this match a lot. I mean, you know, it being a Bucks match, tagging is not going to be a big deal. I honestly just did not even like think about that because. If you know where you're going to get, expect it. I expected it, and it exceeded my expectations. Because, uh, to be honest, the Bucks, uh, Lucha Bros, they, they've had awesome matches in the past. Great matches. So them being together, they have a chemistry, um, a really great chemistry, so they were great in the ring. Um, you almost forget that Kenny Omega and Pac honestly started off AEW in a feud, and they have great chemistry. So I think it actually worked out. These two teams going up against each other. Um, an awesome match. And a surprise, a surprise win at the end. As Pac threw in the ring bell hammer. I don't know what, you, what you, we want to call it. Um, to Ray Phoenix. Who originally rejected the hammer. Then out of a sign of desperation at the very end. Because no one kicks out of the one-winged angel. Um, smacks Kenny Omega in the head, goes for the pin, one, two, three. Remorseful, as you saw at the end of the match, Ray Phoenix. We'll have to to see um, where that leads. We'll continue on what's going to happen afterwards. Um, but I'll go ahead and let you. What did you think of the match? I thought it was a great match. Um, yeah, man. I mean, like it's like you were saying about the style. You know what you're gonna get. 
Um, so, uh, was that song? Because I'm not educated, apparently, in the in the song that they were getting, you know, coming out to or whatever. So, what what was up with that? Is that? Uh, I don't know. I think it's because I don't know if you remember hearing the rumors that um, the Bucks were trying to get trademark Wayward Sons. Um, I guess they were trying to get that to as their as a comeback. Like, I don't, I don't really know. It's a it's a classic rock song. <laughs> well, that was you know they had the whole big entrance. Uh, the match was what it was. It was good. Uh, didn't ruin the show to that point. And the ending was shocking. I think that's what kind of made the match for me was the fact that they got me. I was totally convinced that the Bucks were gonna. And then Omega were going to come back and take the titles because they should have been the champions either way to begin with. Uh, I know they're going to get the titles at the end of this best of seven series. I'm sure that they're doing. Um, and it's the right call to, you know, let that triangle uh, fucking get the win here because, I mean, they were part of the problem. Uh, even, you know, whatever you feel, if it was major part of the problem or or a minor problem but they caused that made drama or whatever they don't deserve to just come back and fucking win the titles because people are going to be mad so and the locker room I mean maybe maybe so maybe so I don't know what's in the locker room if you're talking about fans I mean Maybe, I guess, some of the fans would be pissed off if the Elite would have won. I don't feel like it's a big majority. I feel like it's a small minority of fans would have been pissed off um, that the Elite won. Um, but, yeah, it was a very surprising, honestly, super surprising um, ending. I, I'm i with you. I did not see Death Triangle winning that match. Yeah, so I was fucking shocked, but the comments, the CM Punk comments, we got to address that. Uh, before I say anything... What did you think of that? Um, honestly, dude, for, from coming from the fans, I don't care. They're the fans. The one that really got me um, was fucking JR, dude. I, I was cracking up when after that he was like, oh, I guess they got to settle this in the, in the locker room behind closed doors. I was like, son of a bitch, JR. <laughs> you son of a bitch, you did it. No. That was fucking great, dude. I honestly, like, JR gives no fucks and I'm all for it. If JR's on commentary and he gives no fucks, he says he he says the damnedest, the damnedest things. things. It's gold every single time. Love it, man. Uh, I would like, yeah. The fans, like you said, they're gonna say whatever. I mean, they already say whatever the fuck uh, sometimes. But um, the fact that the EVPs of this company were encouraging it um and then they put it on their fucking youtube uh show or whatever so man like what's going on here like are you fucking making fun of that situation even though you know what it caused for your company how it made your company look like um so that's the only issue i had with it the fans can say whatever i mean uh, those are obviously diehard AEW fans, you know what I mean? So, what exactly did they put on it? I know that they just didn't bleep out the fan chants. So, what exactly did they address it? 
from what I know, no. So they were basically, the clip that I saw was they were showing like something going on in the ring during the match. Um, and then they had the song playing. I think it was that song they came out to. And then they stopped it. Mm-hmm. They stopped the music abruptly just to play the CM Punk, fuck CM Punk chants or whatever. Um, like, you know, why even put it in the fucking episode? And then you could see them during the match. Uh, look behind and like fucking encourage them. So um, I don't know what Tony Khan thought of that. He's probably on the same page as they are. Honestly, I, I wouldn't blame him if he was, uh, just because CM Punk did him a little dirty um, with the media scrum thing. It's like, what could he have done? Was he gonna stop CM Punk from saying what he was gonna say? Obviously, it wasn't anything that he knew he was going to say. I don't want to open that can of worms um, because this is about the Bucks and Omega. Yeah, well, yeah, true, 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 true. They could have handled it differently or better. Eh. Yes, it could have been handled differently from all parties, though. Everybody involved in that could have handled that extremely better. Enough said. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next match. So great match, man. So far, this card had been banger after banger. Will it be another banger? I don't know. And so the next match, we got the TBS Championship match: Jade Car Cargill versus Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose coming out with uh, Vicky Guerrero in a lowrider, kind of a homage to to Eddie. And you can't say nothing about it because it's Vicky, honestly. Like, what? You think Eddie was going to get pissed off that Vicky came out and did that shit? That was cool. I like that. It was dope. And honestly, we said this was going to be the bathroom break match. For me, I don't know about you. It wasn't. I thought it was a really good match. This is the match I've been waiting for for Jade Cargill. I'm sorry if I'm saying it wrong. Like a longer match, something to, to really show off that she can wrestle. And New hair cutter. Well, I mean, it wasn't really a new hair color. It's just she was doing the... It's a costume. She was doing the cheetah. Cheetah? It's a wig. Um, or just um, spray paint. She has silver hair. It's easy to spray paint oh, that shit. I see. Because I was worked. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't worked. You're just uneducated. <laughs> Thundercats, buddy. Oh. Anyways. Um, Chitara. That's her name. Chitara. That's from Thundercats. Fuck if I know. Um, great. Honestly, Jade's best match by far. And you got to give it up to Nyla too because she, she brought it. Even like that ending when she was about to do the... Um, it takes skill to do that. It takes some type of athleticism. Um, when she brought her up in the um, Glamazon, uh, the Glam Slam. And then she did a roll up. I was like, oh shit. Fuck. That could have been dangerous. Um, then she did eventually hit Nyla Rose with the Glam Slam and one, two, three, pin, 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 win, win, win. And that's it. Jade Cargo is still going on. Was that 42 and 0? Uh, something like that. But yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, not much to say about it other than that. Jade Cargo had a longer match than normal. And mm-hmm. yeah, man. I mean, it for me, it was still kind of like the bathroom match, but. Um, yeah. 
And I feel like this feud is still not over. I hope it's not over because I feel like they can have um, some pretty good matches going forward. Well, we'll have to see. All right, going on, moving forward, we have the Fatal 4-Way Ring of Honor World Championship match. This was a pretty good match. It was pretty decent. Not too bad. There is a lot of um, uh, different things going on. We got to see a bit of Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli going, going at it. Um, the, the really, the story portion of the match, the part that really got you like, ooh, what's going on here? was when Sammy Guevara started, uh, kind of turned a little bit on Chris Jericho. Kind of started attacking him. It was, that was actually pretty cool. I actually really dug that. There was a point in the match when um, people were actually getting behind Sammy to possibly win it. Um, not going to lie, in the heat of the moment, me too, just because it would have been great story, a great story going forward for both Chris and Sammy. Um, but ultimately, we got Chris Jericho retaining his world championship, upsetting Brian Danielson and Claudio, and um, yeah, it was a pretty good, pretty good match. I, I wouldn't say it wasn't better than the any of the first two matches. I don't think, but it was still a, a solid match. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, what did you think about the match? Um, I thought it was solid just because Brian Danielson's in there, Cesaro. Um, that Sammy thing was interesting to see, and, I mean, can we talk about that botched fucking Judas effect at the end, um, where fucking Jericho completely missed, Cesaro hit his arm instead, I think, and then he had to get up and get hit by it again, um, yeah, man, uh, that was the only flaw that I thought was, like, worth talking about in this match, but... It was what it was, and I knew Jericho would retain. You did. I said it was Brian Danielson's time, but unfortunately it was not, and that's okay. That's okay. We'll see where their story goes on forward, um, but still, very solid match. Really enjoyed it. Now, the next match, um, this one was something that you know people were looking forward to. People were a little hesitant in seeing um, Soraya versus or Soraya. Versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Um, this wasn't too long of a match. Um, fairly simple, but man, some scary parts in the beginning. And that's because definitely Soraya was working the crowd. Because I don't know if you remember, she got knocked down. It got a little quiet in the arena. Like, weirdly quiet. And then she yeah. kind of got up and like she looked at... There's a point when she was kind of standing. She was like, you know, hands on the knees. And she looked up at uh, Britt Baker, and then Britt kind of smirked, and then they kind of just like kind of walked around the ring. So I was like, "Hey, we're good. This is gonna be what it's gonna be." Um, Sarah really did sell her neck, which is what everyone's worried about for her with um, her history of injuries in the past. Um, decent match. It w- it wasn't amazing, wasn't great, but it was a good. Um, Coming out party for Soraya, she did end up winning the match, um, which was good. Should have happened. That's how it should be. And yeah, not too bad. I, I I enjoyed the match for what it was. It was a good comeback for Soraya. You? 
Um, I think uh, it was a solid match, like you said. Um, definitely left with feeling like I wanted more, mm-hmm. and I know we will at some point. Yes. And this rivalry, man, I mean, this could be, and Jer mentioned it on commentary, that this could be one of the already, or or could be one of the greatest rivalries that AEW has in their women's division. Um, and I think, honestly, already, it could already be talked about as that, because what else have they really had that's like, oh, that's going to be like an all-time rivalry for them? Uh, I think this has the makings of it as well. Great match to come back. Uh, I didn't expect her to go fucking 25 minutes or some shit, 20 minutes, so, yeah. Great shit. All right, man. Well, the next one, I mean, it was a magnitude eight on the Richter scale, but, 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 but buddy, man, there was a big ass fucking match that happened next. It was the TNT championship match. Wardlow versus Samoa Joe versus powerhouse Hobbs for the TNT championship. Then big boys were in the house and they were shaking the ring like no one could. And God damn it. Was it fucking brutal? Some of these things that they were doing. God damn it. Wardlow stopped doing whispers in the winds. Stop doing fucking swanton bombs. He looked like a beast in this fucking match. Dude, he, they, they did. They did. But goddammit, I don't want him to get hurt. Um, man, dude, that hit, that powerhouse Hobbs, like that shoulder hit, he got Samoa Joe with in the outside. Fuck, man, that looked like it was painful. And you know what, dude? Honestly, I didn't even know who was going to win this match. I mean, Wardlow definitely could have won this match. But me personally, I wanted powerhouse Hobbs to win. I thought Hobbs for a minute could have won this match. Um, I, I, I felt it too, man. But then when he was doing the fucking um, the power bombs, and then what did Smojo? Smojo came in with a TNT championship. Smojo, Smojo, Smojo came in with a TNT championship, smacked Wardlow with it, and then fucking put Hobbs in the, what do they call it? It's a fucking rear naked choke, but they call it something else. Dude, but that's like the last thing I expected to happen. Like, I. Hobbs was like, okay, he could win, but Wardlow's probably going to win. Um, I did not see Samoa Joe fucking winning that match, which, so that caught me by surprise. And Yeah, man. They said Wardlow is Jeff Hardy stuck in Batista's body. Yeah, well, um, apparently Jeff Hardy is like one of his like heroes and idols, um, you know, from, from a kid. So that's why he actually at one point wanted to team up with Jeff Hardy. Um but of course, that did not happen. Probably won't ever happen. But yeah, Samoa Joe, double champ right now, TNT champion, and the Ring of Honor Television Championship. He basically has both TV titles. Like, you really want to put it that way. The TNT Championship is, is just a TV title. So, do you think that they did this just so that they could get it off of Warlow without having him pinned? Oh, yeah, definitely, dude. Definitely. And I don't, I don't think it, it puts Hobbs in any. Like, it doesn't make Hobbs look any weak. I mean, how many fucking power bombs did he go through before Samoa Joe put that on him? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I I would like to say that, well, Warlow's gonna get a rematch one-on-one, I'm sure, because he's the former champion. But given that AEW hasn't always done that, uh, this is probably... But, I mean, there's some... He hit him with the title, you know? Like, there has to be something else here, so... I mean, it wasn't... It's not really cheating in a triple threat match. There's no disqualification in a triple threat match. Warlow had Hobbs beat, so they 
I would assume there, there could be some aftermath here. I, I don't think they're just going to. What I'm thinking is that the three of them are still going to be in, in some type of feud, but it's going to be like, it's not going to be both of them going into like facing Samojo again, but maybe like a number one contendership against Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs. And then whoever wins from there goes to the goes to Samojo. That's how I see maybe it. this maybe this is a way to put it on Hobbs. So Samojo's is like a transitional champion. Could be, man. So so that they don't have Hobbs fucking beat Warlow, so I don't know, but this was an this was an awesome match. Because god damn, it's like so rare that you see guys this fucking huge that can work so fucking well. It was it was a great match. Yeah. Awesome. Surprise. Surprise. Yes. Very surprising. Alrighty. And the next one, this one we talked about was a sleep. Like I said, this would have been a sleeper match. It was a no DQ, no count out match. Sting and Darby Allen versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Now I'm going to say this right now. If I had, I did not realize that this was going to be a no DQ, no count out match. Me neither. <laughs> Dude, until you're saying that right now, I didn't know because that motherfucker was coming in the ring and I was like, what's going on here, bro? Like, uh, I, I did not know this. If I had known that, maybe they announced it on that Wednesday. Um, Dynamite. Fuck. Um, yeah, I forgot because I didn't. I didn't really watch the Dynamite. This was not was I, what I was expecting. It was. It was. It. This was the bathroom break. Honestly, it. It wasn't anything great. It wasn't amazing. It was just a match. I think. What the fuck happened? Did something happen at the end? I can't even remember now. Being botched, a uh, fucking what could have been a a great uh, lethal went for that fucking finisher he does, and he could have caught him like midair for a senior fucking death drop or whatever, and he botched it, bro. Leave him alone. He's old. They did well enough. Um, I know it could have been so great, like of a finish. I thought that was that match was what it was. Um, so nothing much to talk about. Now we're going into the main events. Of this pay-per-view. All, all these last three matches for me. Were all main event quality matches. So now we have the AW Interim World Women's Championship match. Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. And they built this up. As these are two former friends. Turned bitter rivals. Um, and this was exactly what you thought it was going to be. It was going to be a fucking. Um, a fucking fight. Between two women. That are. If you want to show someone that AEW's women division isn't shit, because it is, you're going to show them them. You're going to show them these two women, Tony Storm and Jamie Heater, going at it. And people will be like, oh, damn, this isn't bad. Then they'll watch Dynamite and realize, oh, no, these other women are are shitty. (laughs) Anyways, um, hard-hitting match, great match. The twist twist ending for me, I thought that fucking Britt Baker was going to cost Jamie Heater the match. Yeah. But no. She actually actually helps her win the fucking match. And fucking Tony Storm went through hell. And Taz said it the best. It took a fucking army. He didn't say it like this. I'm paraphrasing. He took an army to beat Tony Storm. But Jamie Hayter did it. She won. She is the new AEW Women's Championship. I'm not going to say interim because fuck that word. Um, AEW Women's Champion. Which I did not see coming at all. Like... If one thing happened in this pay-per-view that really helped it even more than the great matches that have already happened, because if we look back at all these matches, there's only been one match that wasn't that great or good. Only one. And so Jamie Hader winning, fucking 
insane. I didn't I didn't think it was going to happen, but it did. And I'm just excited to see what happens next for her. What'd you think? Yeah, man, this, this match definitely met expectations and probably exceeded it. Um, I think cause I, cause we knew it'd be a good match, but I think I had to see it to believe it. Uh, cause this is probably their best women's match they've had ever. Um, but yeah, man, uh, great match. Didn't see that coming at all. Um, hard hitting match as well. And Tony Storm did not come out of this looking weak because, like you said, what Taz said on commentary, that it took a fucking army. But yeah, great match. Great match. And so the pre-main event match of the night, uh, we got the AEW World Tag Team Championship match, the acclaimed versus Swerve in Our Glory. If the first match was just like a, an amazing match, the second one that they had was there was a big big hiccup in that match, but they got the crowd back and they won the won titles, and everyone was happy for it. This match was a common like was just a great ending to this story. I feel, and I was partially right. Keith Lee ended up turning on Swerve, but not turning heel, just turning his back on him. As he was not down to be as down and dirty as Swerve was. He was wanting to... He pulled out the pliers that he used to break Billy Gunn's fingers. Was about to do it to um, Bowens. Keith Lee said, nope. Especially after Swerve fucking slapped the shit out of him. He's like, nah, fuck this. I'm out. And the acclaim get the upper hand, win the match, and... That's history. Now we're going to have to see where the acclaim go from here. Are we going to have a feud now against Keith Lee and Swerve? I don't know. But I feel like everyone left gaining something. Right. Swerve is now going to be a down, down dirty heel and probably can be one of the best heels in the company. I mean, behind MJF, of course. Because, damn, he's... He he's a villain. He's evil. He seems evil. I love it. And they claim everyone loves the claim. What'd you think? Dude, this I mean it finally happened. It finally happened. It's been teased for a while now. Probably almost since the beginning. Great shit. You know, it was what it was. The acclaim was out there, so that's always great. And I love the um Max Caster said that he loved Keith Lee in the blind side. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, but man, great shit. Love the acclaim. Yeah. Nothing bad to say, man. Nothing bad to say. Great magic. So yeah, nine matches so far in the main card and only one was a dud. That's a fucking success. If I've ever seen one, but now we're here. We're in it. The AEW world championship match, John Moxley going up against the salt of the earth. The fucking devil himself, MJF. Um, this was a good match, man. It was a good match. I won't say it was amazing. I won't say it was great. The story within it, the ending, put it up there. Because, damn, it was a good match up until, you know, nothing too crazy was happening. MJF was selling a knee injury, which was great. He sold it well. And... Obviously playing the heel. 
Moxley playing. Honestly, I don't see him as playing the heel. I think it's just Moxley playing Moxley. If the crowd's not going to be behind him, he's going to go against the crowd. If the crowd's going to be behind him, he's going to be with the crowd. Um, that's just what Moxley does. That's his character. It's who he is. Um, regardless, though, MGF at the very end pulling out that diamond ring from his tights. Um, and William Regal coming out to the ring, just yelling at him. You can hear him on the camera just being like, don't you do it. Don't you do it, MGF, or I'll knock your blocks off. I don't think he said that, but... It sounded like he said something. Um, MGF looking straight at him, throws the ring, throws him the finger. There's a couple of ref bumps that happen. Nice ref bumps, and it wasn't too bad. And after the second ref bump, William Wiggle goes ahead, throws in the brass knucks to MGF, fucking knocks Moxley out for the one, two, three, and there you go. MGF is now finally. At the top of the mountain in AEW, he's the the new AEW World Champion, and it was great. I think what really pushed over the edge is just for the fact that what that William Regal turned his back on his boy John Moxley, and seemingly turned his back on the Blackpool Combat Club, and. As JR said, he signed his soul to the devil or sold his soul to the devil himself. And we have MJF, the new champion. Thanks to William Regal. Man, that was that was a moment, dude, because when it happened, I, w- I was just sitting down on my computer just watching and had my headphones on. And then as soon as fucking William Regal threw in those brass knucks, I just fucking screamed. I was like, what the I couldn't believe it. I was I was surprised. Man, I, I did not see that coming. And and that's like the like ninety percent of wrestling enjoyed is because something fucking unexpected happened. So enjoyed that. Enjoyed that very much. And now I'm just excited to see where we go from here. Um what did you think of this match? Dude, um like you said, good match, uh, but the ending was what put it up there. So, uh, real quick, MJF getting that motorboat in, you know, on the way to the ring, all cool and yeah, dude, that was fucking weird. <laughs> I was like, wait, don't you have a fiance? I guess Wheelie Wheelie Yuta was speaking the truth. She was gonna find out who he was. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, man, that was fucking great. Um, I was like, oh, that's probably his fiance. But then I saw the pictures online. I was like, oh, that's not. That's not her. Dirty dog. But yeah, great. You know, fucking ending, man. This was shocking, bro. Just fucking crazy way to cap off the surprisingly great uh pay-per-view um and mjf is finally the world champion great shit yeah man um this was perfect uh uh and even his little uh, he had a short media scrum at the end um he even said i had you guys fooled you even thought that i put i'd ever put this motherfucker over and he pointed tony khan and he's like get the fuck out of here and it was just awesome. And he's like, you want to know why I did any of this? You want to know why? Well, you're going to have to go and watch on Wednesday. Like, it's like it was just like, oh, perfect. He kind of basically did what Roman did 
I'm not saying he this that was his intent. He copied Roman. I'm not saying that. It's just that was the similarities, like how Roman handled the media scrum after after uh, Clash of the Castle. It's pretty much what MJF did. He talked his talk. He didn't give anyone any insight about what was happening. He just cut a promo, didn't answer any questions really, and walked out. Fuck, I love that guy. It was great, man. It was honestly, um, I think, I don't think if if they did it any other way, I don't think it would have been as good. I think without William Regal throwing him that bre- those brass knuckles, it wouldn't be as good. I can't wait to see both of them together. That's gonna be fucking magic. I can't wait for this run, man. This uh, that we're about to go on, this ride. Well, there has to. I I think he's gonna. I, I don't know if he's gonna go back with the firm or not, because he doesn't just have Moxley gonna going to go back after him. He's got Moxley, Brian Danielson. Um, we got Claudio and Yuta because. I mean, William Regal turned on him. Well, I hope it's the end of this group, honestly. Well, we'll see. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the end of the black of them being called Blackpool Combat Club. I think they'll be a team for just a little bit longer, but it is going to be pretty much the end of the team. Finally, but yeah, um, and I can't wait for that CM Punk babyface return in nine months or something against MJF. To set out Grand Slam or something like that. I don't know. Um, a man can dream. Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta keep wishing on that one, buddy. But overall, great fucking pay-per-view. Surprisingly, a lot of surprising matches in this uh, card here. And yeah, man. Great stuff. It finally felt like a pay-per-view. Like something worth purchasing. They needed it. They needed it. They really did. This and that, and you know, that's actually something as I was watching, as the matches kept going and the matches were still good after the halfway point, I'm like, damn, this could be their turning point. This could be where they finally get back on course and continue just being a great wrestling show. We'll see, of course, there's always going to be some shit inside uh, anything you watch. I mean, everything on. Raw isn't great. Everything on SmackDown isn't great. So there's always going to be some shit. But if as long as the main stories are awesome, I feel like that's going to be the real turning point for them. So we'll see. What do you think was the best match for you? My favorite match of the night had to be this, the, the triple threat TNT title match. It was just a hard-hitting match against three fucking jacked up dudes and the ending was just so surprising it, it, it went well with everything for me it was jamie Hayter and tony storm i thought that was a great match too no lie on that one but i think we can both agree on this one if we were to say what was like the holy shit moment of the night it's got to be Re- william regal throwing in those brass knucks man no doubt no doubt and probably the most the most surprising match out of everything of how much I enjoyed it was probably that seal cage match. Yeah, you know it one one as soon as you said most surprising match, hell yeah, steel cage match. That one was surprisingly good because I mean we've seen some matches between these two recently. At least some interactions that just weren't that great, but this match I thought was great. And I feel like this is the point um for 
Jack Perry to like finally go on his own and hopefully do well. And the worst match was probably that Sting match. Yes, unfortunately. I didn't I did not want that for Jeff Jarrett, but and with that, I think we'll just close it up here. There's not much to be said. There's other things that will be happening in the future. Um, again, there's this pay-per-view um, happening. Well, when this drops, it'll be tomorrow night. Um, I think, or Sunday. I'll just say Saturday. Fuck, or I, don't I don't fucking remember. This weekend. This weekend. But um, with that, I hope everyone had some turkey. Had some great stuffing. Hope you got stuff. And <laughs> just have a good night, man. This let's wrestle. This is the Let's Wrestle Podcast. Like us, follow us on um follow us on Twitter at Let's Wrestle Pod. Um check our link tree in the bio for other ways to listen. Um and y'all have a good night now. <laughs>